going on, everybody? Cheers. Happy Wednesday or whatever day of the week it is when you are watching or listening to this. Welcome to the With Her Two Hands podcast, where each week we celebrate women who build, fix, and make the things that make the world go around with her own two hands. I am your host, Bogey. I'm a master automotive technician by trade, but a huge supporter of women making waves in all of the industrial trades. And um, this has been just such a phenomenal series to be able to be a part of. I've gotten a chance to meet so many incredible, incredible women all across the industries. Uh, and this week is no different. We have an incredible woman to sit down with who has been a huge influence within the automotive industry for decades now. And I'm, I'm, privileged to be able to call her a friend. I've known her for years and she's just a force to be reckoned with within the industry. So I'm very excited for you guys to get a chance to meet her. Um, quickly, I do want to thank all of the familiar faces that I see in the audience. You guys, it's so great to see you each week. Uh, it's become our, our little family here. It's great to see so many familiar names. So thank you for coming back each week. If you're new here, welcome. Thanks for tuning in and checking out the show. Um, go back and watch some of the past episodes. We've got 166 episodes, which means 166 amazing women who we have sat down with, which means there is an endless supply of inspiration, words of encouragement, words of insight, uh, just some incredibly strong, powerful, influential women sharing their stories, sharing their uh, experiences, their wins, their, their challenges, their successes. Uh, and it's just incredibly inspiring to hear their words. So go back and listen to them and, and meet some of these incredible ladies. Uh, every week, I also release an archived episode on Monday. So you get two opportunities to listen to the With Her Two Hands podcast. Uh, every Wednesday, of course, you can join us live for a new episode. And every Monday, we release an archive episode. And I'm hanging out in the comments. Sometimes the guest is also hanging out with us. You can join us live in the comments there. So um, I would normally introduce and, and say a thank you to our sponsor for this episode. But this week's episode uh, is sponsored by ASE, which you've probably heard me talk about plenty of time before. But tonight, kind of an unusual circumstance, but our guest is actually, you know, she's pretty significant and important within ASE. So I'm going to let her talk about it a little bit as well. But I do have to say thank you to them. Uh, it is without, um, you know, without the support of the industry, I couldn't continue doing this. Uh, and it is so important to see all of these massive organizations and major companies within the industry starting to say, yes, there is an issue. Yes, we need to, to shine a light on women in the trades. And ASE has been such a huge supporter of, of seeing more women in these trades for a long time now. Uh, and it's great to have them as an ally. And so I'm I'm really thrilled to have uh, somebody from ASE to sit down and talk with us. But we're not going to be talking only about ASE, just FYI, guys. We're talking about her life because she's a pretty phenomenal woman. And I'm really excited to hear her story and to share that with you guys. So without further ado, I'm going to quit blabbing and I'm going to bring on Miss Trish Serator. Hello. Well, hi there. Great to be here tonight. So great to have you here. Yeah, I'm so yeah. excited. Yes. It it's crazy cuz we've known each other for years, years. now. Years. Really. In an auto care, god, we're going back probably like a 
15 years, 20 years, maybe? Oh, easily. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you when you got kind of into the industry, that's when you got visible and, and I was yeah. kind of already there. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. I know. It's crazy. And yet I was reading some articles about you in preparation yeah. for tonight. And I was like, you know, I know her and I've considered her a friend for ages, but I don't actually know all that much about your journey and your story and how you got to where you're at. So I'm excited to mm -hmm. learn more about you um, and, and to dive into all the good stuff that we're going to talk about tonight. But first, um, introduce yourself to the fine folks at home. Tell everybody who you are and what you do. Okay, great. Well, uh, Trish Sarator, I'm the Senior Vice President for uh, Communications and Marketing at ASC, as, as Bogey said. Uh, we're thrilled to be a sponsor uh, of the podcast and, and to have Bogey as an ally and friend within all the work we do within the industry. Um, I, I, I'm what I call a lifer, right? Uh, I um, I've, been, I've been with ASC for 35 years. Um, yeah. And prior to that, I've been in the industry another five or six years. So I'm, I'm coming on probably working in the industry longer than I've been alive. Is that weird? <laughs> Right. I'm not sure how that's possible, but <laughs> yes, you know, and only my hairdresser knows. So it's all <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so, um, so my primary role at ASC has been working within the industry, uh, garnering support for uh, certification of service professionals, uh, the technicians, the parts guys, the service consultants, um, and also. Uh, being able to share and being a, a female in the industry, being a face for uh, females in the industry, and then being the face for ASE um, as we did our work to make sure that car owners can find auto repair that works for them, they feel comfortable with, and can get the job right the first time. So that, yeah. that's that's what I've been all about for all 35 years of my career. I love it. I love yeah. it. And I want to dig into a lot of that, but I want to go back in time if you're all okay. right with that. Like, let's sure. go rewind to early days uh, in your life. Mm -hmm. Did I, did you know that you wanted to do this? Like, did you know that you wanted to be part of the automotive industry? Like, what did you set out to do when you were young? Right. So um, I, I was a very good fortune. I was able to go to college. Uh, I grew up in the Philadelphia area, so um, went to LaSalle University. And, and, and you know, I would say, and, and hopefully I'm not the only one that has felt this way, no idea what I was going to do with my life, right? <laughs> you're going to go to college, you're going to get a job, and then you're going to live the rest of your life. But who, who knew? I had no idea what that meant. Right. Right. You know, people who are doctors, they're like, yes, I'm going to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're just very focused, but me, not so much. Yeah. So anyway, so I'm in college and I'm an English major, you know, all good. And then I realized I would just be a really horrible teacher. So <laughs> well, let's just like cross that off the list of things to do, right? Not going to happen. So then you're like, well, now what, right? Because what do you do with an English degree? And this is way back in the 80s. Um, and so I happened to take a class where I was um, exposed to other opportunities. Oh my gosh, you can work for a publishing company. You can be a magazine editor. You can write for you know, yourself or you know, other industries. So I ended up, um, after going through that particular class, interning with what was then called the Chilton Company. And those of you who are older than I am will remember Chilton as the <laughs> manual people, right? They built, all, you know, had all the repair manuals. Yeah. And they were headquartered not too far from where I lived. And, and what I didn't know is in addition to the auto repair manuals, they had this giant 
um, portfolio of trade magazines, right? So there was one for the construction industry. There was one for the jewelry oh. magazines. There was one for huh. the CAD CAM guys. Um, and there was one for the automotive people. Who knew, right? Um, and it was called Motor Age Magazine. Now, Motor Age had been around since like 1909. So it's not like it <laughs> I started it or anything, but I had no idea it existed. So the um, editor of the uh, magazine, Stan Stevenson, um, he was the intern manager for the Chilton company. And, you know, I said, I want to intern. And he's like, well, you know, what do you think you want to do? And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. So, you know, he was like, well, you know, we're always looking for women to join the automotive industry. Why don't you come in and be an intern hmm. on our magazine? And yeah. And actually that was good timing because I had just bought my first car. Right. So I'm like, yeah, you know, that probably makes sense. I have, I know nothing about cars. My father was a benevolent dictator. You take it to the shop and they do everything. So, you know, I didn't even know, you know, how to drive stick until I bought my own car. Oh, wow. Um, and so I went to work for Motor Age Magazine. And so that was my entree into the automotive industry. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah. How, how did you wind up talking with, with him in particular from Motor Age and getting into that? I mean, you had no automotive experience. What put you in that room with him to make you pursue that? I, I think he was just open. He, he was a very open-minded man. And, um, you know, yes, there, there might've been opportunities on some of these other magazines, but okay. I, I, you know, I don't own a lot of jewelry and, and I, I don't own a construction company and my, you know, my dad isn't an engineer. So, you know, there really wasn't any particular push to one of those other magazines. And so I was, and as I said, you know, having just purchased my new car, I'm like, this might be a good fit for me to yeah. be prepared to be a good car owner, if nothing else. Interesting. And yeah. And so he said, yeah, sure. Come on board. And, and he was, again, I think somebody who was a um, welcoming um, to all people, right? He, he didn't yeah. just say, okay, you have to be a tech guy and, or we're not going to hire you. So, um, so I interned yeah. there for a summer and, you know, so then I backtracked a little bit because the receptionist left. So then suddenly, <laughs> oh, well, you can be the receptionist, right? Because <laughs> that's what women did. Right. right? So as open as he was, you still wound up in the reception. Okay. Fair. All right. Yeah. But that's no, okay. Exactly. Right. Yep. Cause you yep. know what? I will tell you, you learn a lot open in mail. Okay, nobody has mail anymore. But way back then, you know, you learned a lot open in mail and taking phone calls and learning. Oh, okay, so that's the, you know, the marketing manager for XYZ company. And okay, that's what he's looking for. So I, who do I direct? So I felt hmm. as much as I was, oh, I don't want to be a receptionist the rest of my life. It was a good grounding for the next stage of, of what I did. That's a yeah. really cool perspective. I really, yeah. I appreciate that. That's a... Yeah. a a good way to shift it that there is redeeming value and there's stuff to learn in kind of every position and like sure it wasn't necessarily ideal or what you wanted but there was definitely still something if you were on the lookout for it if you were paying attention you could learn from that that's right i mean certainly you know if you ever watch mad men you know the 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 women there didn't have that kind of opportunity but i think i just had slid in in, in a time when the next a uh, chance to become an editor was available. And there I already was, right? right. Um, as opposed to um, having to come in with that experience. So yeah. it worked out well. So I worked for Motor Age for four years. Um, wow. And I, I learned a lot. I learned, you know, how to write, how to interview, how to um, 
turn the question to what I wanted to learn about a particular mm. organization or person and working under a deadline. And, um, and that was, that was extraordinary. It just, yeah. it was, it was and great people, you know, great. And people. you learned about the industry. And, and right. It yes. was brand new to you. I, Open door, right. Open yeah. door for me. Yeah. How, I mean, it's so interesting because a lot of people would hear this, this setup of experiences that you had, right? Like, I don't know anything about cars. I didn't really know what I wanted to be. I get in front of this opportunity. A lot of people would say, oh, that's not a fit for me because I know nothing about cars. But you were like, uh, yeah, that sounds perfect. Like, <laughs> what is, right. have you always been that person who was like, challenge? Cool. Yeah, let's do that. Let's try that. Well, you know, one, one <laughs> like to think that, but I, I think more importantly, it, it to me meant independence, right? It allowed me to get that first job. It allowed me to um, explore what I did want to do. Um, you know, obviously being an English major, writing was something I was relatively comfortable with. Uh, I just didn't know how to put that into a situation that made money or, you know, allow, yeah. would allow me to live. Yeah. Um and then, you know, working with the variety of people on a magazine also exposes you to all of those jobs, right? So there's editorial, there's sales, there's marketing, there's, um, you know, the technical side. So it, it really was a very grounding experience. Um, it also told me that publishing and, and magazine writing isn't particularly lucrative. So <laughs> maybe I don't want to stay here forever. <laughs> but it, it certainly gave me, um, let's just call it the resume building opportunity. Okay. Right? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So you were there for four years. Was there a point where, where you like decided, I like this industry, I want to stay within this realm, even if I leave here? Or was it just kismet that you wound up in another job in the industry? Like, how did that wind up happening? Well, you, you know, and again, I, I'll mention the money and, and I don't mean to, you know, disbar no, it's, it's or disregard, <laughs> but you know, you, you can't live if you're not making a, a, you know, enough money to live. No. So yeah, I started looking around um, in various other jobs. I, I, I did a couple of interviews in New York thinking, oh, I'll go, I'll go to a big magazine in New York because, you know, that would be a great thing. And, and then I realized, well, um, that's all well and good, but I really like this industry. I like the people, right? And and I like this opportunity to um, be an expert in something that a lot of people aren't, right? Mm -hmm. You know, people, uh, you know, the, the car is, you know, it's this thing they own, they got to take care of it. It's a pain in the neck. But, you, you know, when you think about it, they really don't understand how it works. Again, I'm I'm no technical expert, but Having worked in that milieu, I learned where to find those technical experts, right? Mm -hmm. So, so that was very helpful. Um, and then, so then I had this opportunity, um, having worked within the industry and with various people. Um, my next uh, post was with an agency who did business to business uh, PR work for the automotive aftermarket, and okay. that seemed like a really nice segue, both from a monetary perspective, but also from a, an experience and and um, uh, work, different work, right? You know, it, it was a chance to, to expose myself to a different side of the house. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I have to say that, um, you know, going in cold, but having, you know, gotten that experience then opened the door to everything else that's happened uh, in my career. Yeah. And it was the people that made you want to stay within the industry. Yes. 
Yes, absolutely. And and still friends with folks from way back then. So that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So how did you wind up at ASE? And how was the what was the beginning? Because you obviously didn't come in as right. VP. Um. No, right. So so when I was at the magazine, um, obviously ASE had been started in 1972. So it had been around for 10, 15 years at that point. And um, it was, um, you know, still looking to make sure that people understood what it was doing and why it was important, what the relevancy was. So the, the magazine, Motor Age, did several articles. And the, and the good news was they weren't technical. So that was an article that always ended up landing in my lap, right? Because I could write ah. about, about the organization, about their goals, what they were trying to do, what, okay. why being certified was important, um, and how, how do you sell that to your car owner, Um who, because the owner was the reader mostly of the magazine. Yeah. So, um, so I wrote several articles about uh, the organization and had the, had the opportunity to meet the president at the time. His name was Ron Weiner. And so I was at uh, the agency and realizing very quickly that I wanted to be the client and, and not the agency. So the call from Ron uh, Weiner to um, talk about an opportunity at, at ASE was very welcome. Um, and so we chatted and, and he was looking for someone who, you know, had some marketing or writing outreach experience, um, and, and new people, right. And, and could interact within the industry, uh, for ASC to continue to promote it. Um, and also, um, take over the position of somebody who was retiring very shortly. So, you know, I was going to come in in a transitional position until uh, that person left. So, yeah, so that was uh, 1988. Can you believe it? Crazy. Oh, my God. Yes. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, then that doesn't happen anymore, right? Like people, you don't see people. My father worked at the same company for, um, I think, 40 years his father worked at the same company for 50 years. Like, but that doesn't happen these days. Like you really don't hear about people working with the same place for that long. So it's really a testament right. to, to right. the organization that yeah. you wanted to stay for yes. as long as you have. Yes, absolutely. Right. Well, um, and the, and you know, ASC just also offered me a lot of opportunities. Um, uh, you know, I, I came in as a, you know, industry relations person and um, you know, recognized pretty quickly that I, I could have a dual role within the organization, which was to support the individual certification process that ASC offers, but also to begin looking at and um, supporting the uh, entry level side of the house, right? The, you know, how do we get young people into the industry? Yeah. And, and, and that really resonated with me um, yeah. because I felt that was, I, I wanted young people to understand that this was a great place to work. So um, yeah. you know, that was really good, great opportunity for me early on to be able to kind of wear both hats, if you will. Yeah. I'm so curious, like as somebody who was such an outsider to the industry growing up really, and like, this wasn't something that you were, you were a part of or exposed to, to then have gone so deep into it to where you are like repeatedly recognized as one of the most influential women in the automotive industry, um, not once, not twice, but like three or four times you've been recognized by different entities as this like super force to be reckoned with within the automotive industry. I mean, that's that's not just, you know, getting a job and staying with a company for a while. That's like you, you became the automotive industry. Like you lived in it, you, you breathed it. Like what was it 
that got you so passionate and inspired that like you not only made it a job, but you made it your life's work, really? Well, I, I think part of it is it has been the mission of ASC. And the mission of ASC is to make sure that car owners have the best repair experience possible. And, and at the same time, making sure that the individuals who are ASC certified are recognized for the talents and skills that they have. So I, I really took that to heart. And I think it, it made such an impression on me because, you know, you know, way back when, and still today, you know, you mentioned it, um, you know, in your introduction, that the change of that grease monkey and that individual who couldn't do anything else but fix cars um, and, and, and the negative stereotypes around that frustrated me, right? Once I got to know these people and, and understood the skills that they have, the, the ability to take what they know in their head and make it come out in their hands, um, and their desire to make sure that people who, the cars that they fix are safely done, that just really resonated with me. And, and I just became just truly passionate about it. And you know, the, the COVID and pandemic area kind of emphasized the essentialness of automotive repair technicians. But, you know, way back when, that, that was not so much, right? And, yeah. and so having a little bit of an influence on changing that perception and, and helping people understand the importance of what these folks do every day, yeah. unsung heroes, as I like to say, yeah. really made me want to go to work every day. That's awesome. I love that. And I, it's somebody actually just asked, what does ASC mean to a person not involved in the automotive industry? And I think that's a great, yeah. Uh, yeah. great segue into that. Yeah. Like, cause yeah. you've had the, the dual job, you have to com communicate and convey both to the industry, why they should want to have certification and be right. certified, but also to communicate to the public, what the heck this means right. to folks who know nothing about the complexity of the industry. So to answer, yeah. answer this yeah. guy's question. Um, yeah. Um, so, so I think um, what, what ASC means to a person not involved in the automotive industry is the, the ability to recognize that an individual who has achieved ASC certification has, first of all, the pride in his job. He, he believes in what he's doing and the importance of it as, as a person and, and his career. And secondly, it means he has the skills and knowledge to be able to fix your car right the first time and, and effectively and, and safely. And that's, that's really important, particularly today when we, you know, we think about all the computers on cars today, when we think about autonomous driving, when we think about, um, yeah. uh, you know, just the, the, the bad roads and, and bumps is even something as simple as, as that. So um, ASC offers a, a seal of trust and, um, and repair security and validity that I think is really important today more than ever for a car owner where a cars are your second most uh, yeah. uh, costly purchase. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you brought up such a great point, like the whole autonomous driving vehicles. I, yeah. I don't know if they're everywhere, but in Phoenix, we have these Waymo cars yes, right. that are yeah. literally driverless cars. Like I just yesterday, I was driving down the street and I looked over and there's a car next to me with nobody in it, nobody driving, like it's here, it's happening. And I, I think the public people who are not in the automotive industry often are surprised to hear that like we don't have any required certifications as an industry mm -hmm. that like 
anybody can call themselves a mechanic and there's nothing that stops them from doing that. And so like ASE is, is really the, the only way that people can differentiate themselves from any backyard Bob. Right. And say, I have training and, and not even like that they have training, but it's like, I have, I take pride in what I do and I take pride in my career and I take pride in um, the service that I provide to the world. And um, I take this seriously. Right. Right. (laughs) Like I think that's really what it says. I take myself and my career seriously. Right. And and it's not one and done, Um, you know, uh, God bless doctors, but you know, they take the, their (laughs) certified exam and then they don't necessarily take another exam ever again. They do ongoing training, obviously, but you know, we require these guys to come back every five years, you know, that's, you know, nobody likes to take a test. Trust me, it is not fun. And, nope. and have to, right. And to have to do it on a, on an ongoing career yeah. lifetime basis to make sure that you're maintaining that certification and that knowledge is um, it's important. And, and it's important for consumers to recognize that, that the guy, and, and, and the other challenge is they don't always talk to that technician, right? You right. know, some repair shops, they, you got the service manager, you got the shop manager in front and you're not actually seeing what that individual behind the scenes has done. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's interesting. The public perception of the automotive industry is, is always been fascinating to me because it is so skewed. And I think Mm -hmm. obviously it harkens back to like older times and, and when maybe those stereotypes were true or those images were true, Uh, but it is so not realistic now. Um, And there's, there's so little, that we have to be able to differentiate and show the professionalism of our industry and how incredibly complicated it is other than ASCs. Like that is, that is what we have to say, take me seriously. I know what I'm doing. Right. 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 To stand out. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I would love to have every single technician be ASC certified. I recognize that that's probably, you know, not reality, but I, I think, it, you know, if you are going to, uh, uh, you know, repair shop that you respect, it, it just doesn't hurt to ask, you know, yeah. are you certified? And, and the other challenge for ASC, not for the consumer is that the, the word certified is a bit ubiquitous, right? You, mm-hmm. you have certified used cars, you have certified cops, right. <laughs> you have certified this, you have certified that. So it's like, well, of course you're all certified, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but yeah, you know, so the expectation is that why wouldn't you be certified? And so right. that's why we, um, you know, we have yeah. to kind of push that, that theme a little bit. Yeah. Know? I mean, abso- absolutely. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. like, people are shocked to find that out. They're like, what do you mean? There's no required, like you're not licensed. Right. You right. don't have, right. Like they just assume yes. if you're working on cars, you must be certified. Well, nope, right. not necessarily. Right. Not in every case. No, <laughs> not right. in every case. You should yeah. be. Hopefully that's you right. Are. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm curious, as a as an influencer in the industry, um, in in the traditional sense, um, you've been around for a long time. You've you've left your mark in a huge way in this industry. Um, you kind of came into the industry with somebody who was very supportive of of and said, "We need to see more women in the automotive industry." Mm-hmm. And that was at a time when there were very very few women in the industry. Yes. What, how, how have things changed? Have things changed? Are they not changing? What have you seen in, in your time in the industry? Cause you, you'd get to see the industry also from like a bird's eye view because you mm-hmm. get to see nationwide and you're right. seeing all across the board. Whereas a lot of us are seeing our little shop, our little area, you get to see the big picture and you've seen it sure. over decades. Right. Is it changing? 
<laughs> I would say it's def absolutely changing. I would say, you know, 1988, when I got into the industry, I would be the only woman in the room. Um, and, and the good news was because I was coming at it from a journalistic perspective, they let me in, right? You know, I, I wasn't shunned or, you know, pushed away or, or treated badly because they needed me, right? They right. needed me to say something positive about, you know, their services or the product or, or whatever. So, so I got away with a lot in, in that regard. <laughs> but I also have to say that, you know, I, I also learned a lot and, and I wasn't dinged for asking the question, right? And, and again, I think because of the journalistic perspective, mm -hmm. you know, moving then, you know, over to ASC and, and, you know, dealing much more with the repair, the, the side of the house and, and all, again, very early on, very few women. Um, and, and I will say even today, from a, a certified perspective, only 2% of our certified technicians are females. Yeah. And I think it's only seven or eight percent of all um, technicians are are women. So we we yeah. still have a long way to go, but there's a lot more women in the industry in places yeah. of influence and um, importance than there ever were uh, yeah. before. I'll use an example. Um, you know, we just came back from the Apex and SEMA show, right? And what I think there were 250 women at the Auto Care Women's Board event. I mean, yeah. I, I, 10, 15 years ago, there would have been 20 of us, right? So, right. I mean, that's that's an amazing uh, change. Um, on the OE side, I'm seeing great strides. Um, uh, ASC is a nonprofit, so we have a board of governors that kind of um, oversee and, and support the staff in our efforts. And in, in two OEs, the uh, person who's in charge of service and uh, service training for uh, these OEs are women. Oh, unheard of. Even, That's you amazing. Know, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and they, you know, are following men in those positions. So um, uh, big changes since I got into the industry. Is there uh, room to grow? Absolutely. Um, I think there's still the stigma of, oh, you know, don't get your hands dirty or it's too complicated right. or you'll break a nail or, um or just the fact that, you know, we don't have those quarter gas stations that are doing automotive repair that, you know, you, you go in and, and you can watch it being done, right? It, it's very much a hands-off situation now. So, you know, I think women aren't exposed to it um, as much as they could be. So it's, you know, incumbent upon all of us to make that happen. Do you do you feel like at this point you're well known enough that when you walk in to to a place that you're recognized and that people take you seriously or do you still experience the like oh are you here with your husband kind of thing that I think a lot of women experience well, it, it's it's funny. I kind of lead a dual life. My my husband is in the automotive industry. He's a <laughs> uh, he's an automotive journalist and, okay. and a um, uh, you know leader in his whole side of the house. So I, I actually feel that more on his side than I feel it on on my side. Fortunately, um, I will say that um, overall, companies are very cognizant of the fact that they need to welcome women into the employment world. They just don't always know how to do it, mm. right? Yes. And you've experienced that and, and know that in, in your role as an influence. So, um, so, you know, that then opens the door for me to say, well, how about this? Or, or, you know, have you tried that or, or whatever? So, um, 
I, I think again, lot lot more work to do, but I think the it's better than it ha has been in in many yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. We started to talk a little bit before we came online. Here, we were we were cheating, y'all. We were talking yeah. before we went live, uh, and we had to stop ourselves because we were yes. going deep. But um, we were chatting a little bit about um, you know how how things are kind of starting to change, and these bigger corporations are starting to recognize that there is an issue and. Um, we talked when we were at uh, the ASE conference, the instructor conference. Um, right. Mm -hmm. um, and just for background, for those who don't know, in addition to the ASE certifications, ASE also does a lot of work with like training the trainers. So they have their whole education foundation and every year they have uh, their, their education con conference um, where it's basically instructors, shop instructors from all across the country come together to get training. Um, and, and last year you guys did a panel called the 2% solution, kind of talking right. about women in the industry. Mm -hmm. Um, we did a whole bunch of stuff around it when I was out there as well. We're starting to see people asking, like you said, like they, they are recognizing that there's something that's needed, but they don't know how to implement that or what that looks like yet. Right. Um, what are you, what are you seeing within these larger corporations. I feel like there's, there is a tide turning, but there's still this disconnect, both of, we know there's an issue, but we don't know how to fix it. And then also those up here know there's an issue, but those here who are making the decisions day to day of who to hire, they haven't gotten on board with this yet. <laughs> well, I think the automotive industry is is um, emblematic of, of most companies um, in other industries, right? And 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 I don't know the statistics, and I'm sure some of your listeners and all will know. Uh, until more women are CEOs of companies that are either that are in our industry, um, it, it's going to take longer for that top down to, to hit where the pavement, right? Um, because we see other industries where, you know, women are CEOs and, and have made hiring women a real policy within the whole structure. And, and therefore you, you see change happening faster. So yeah. um, I think that's going to have to happen in our, in our industry before we see wholesale change. Um, and, you know, to be frank, there, there's still that old boy network that there's enough of them, God bless them, um, that are still kicking around, um, <laughs> who are hopefully hitting retirement age, um, and and they're going to move off, and and then that glass ceiling, you know, becomes lower and lower, right? Because right. it's it, there's people there who are going to support them. I think the other good news is, if, if I think it's good news, is is individuals and, and young people coming out of schools. It, they don't quite have that negative thing. You know, they, mm. they might not understand why a girl or a woman might want to be in the industry, but they're not opposed to it. Right. So they're not actively um, saying don't be here or whatever. So I think yeah. that's very healthy for our industry going forward. It is a really great differentiator. I like the way you say that. Like it's they're not opposed to it, like actively opposed. And I think that is like there's still there's always like these two different forms of sexism that I've experienced as a tradesperson and that I'm sure you as a woman coming into this industry way back when um was was that there's the overt sexism, right? There's yeah. the over the top, I actively do not want you here. Right. Yep. Um and then there's the more subtle stuff of like, huh. 
why would you want to be here? Right. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. And, and one is much easier to deal with than the other and, and more mm -hmm. egregious than the other. And I think if, if we're at least shifting more towards that, towards less of that, like active discouragement, then we're making progress. We're still not there yet, but right. it's, that's right. progress. Well, I also think um, trades in general are having a little bit of a quiet resurgence, right? Uh, you mm -hmm. know, the pandemic and and the recession showed that having a career and a profession that allows you to use your hands simultaneously with your brain yeah. has opened the eyes of a lot of parents. Yeah. And so parents who may have said, oh, I'm not going to let my daughter be an automotive repair right. technician are saying, well, OK, maybe there's there's something to all this. And so I, I'm not going to say no right out the door. Right. You right. Know, I'm going to let that that person experience it and, and maybe make that decision uh, for themselves. So um, I think overall for our country, that's a very positive move. Yeah. yeah. No, you're absolutely right. I think there is more conversation. We're like, we're hitting this interesting stride where like all of this work that so many people have been putting in is like finally starting to come together. I feel like uh, giving the trades the credit that they're due, yes. like that work to change the perception of the trades is really starting to, to hit a turning point. And then I think, I feel like the woman issue goes hand in hand with that. Like, yes you're not going to see more women in the industry if the reputation of the industry is still what it was of like, you know, the, the old boys club and the, mm -hmm. and the, the, the dark, dirty, grungy, like not reputable career that it is. Right. And as long mm -hmm. as that stereotypes remain, remains like you don't get more women in the industry. So I think they really go hand in hand. So we're at this really yes. fascinating point right now in, yes. in time. Yes. Um, what you're you're leaving the industry i mean well you're retiring right this i is am like, yeah this is it yep one of my last swan songs is here with you it's so crazy <laughs> so crazy I, do yeah. you feel do you feel like you're leaving the industry in good hands do you feel like there's it's in a good place and that there's people to take up and continue the fight I, I really believe that um, there's so many amazing women, you know, yourself included and, and you know, all the, the just the women we meet on a daily basis. A lot of the women you've had on on your show, um, you know, um, and, and particularly uh, for those of you who are aren't familiar, there's an organization called Skills USA um, and they are um, designed to teach leadership skills as well as technical and hands-on skills to students. And, and when I think about the, the young folks coming out of those uh, membership organizations yeah. into our industry, I'm like, okay, it's going to be all right. You know, we, we got good people coming in. We got, we got a couple of old, old, olders up there still hanging on that are going to be good <laughs> mentors and, and good, you know, supporters of, of these folks. So, um, I, I think so. And, and I think the technology changes in our industry are positive for women to come in and be effective, right? Um, it's not just about how fast you can fix that break, right? It, yeah. it, you know, there's all kinds of things that women can be doing in, in this industry that, yeah, you can fix brake systems if that's what you want, but you can work on electric vehicles, you know? I mean, it's just the, the spectrum is so much greater today yeah. and affords so much greater opportunity. I, the, it's just wonderful. And I, and I think, I think it's going to be okay. 
I think I'm leaving. I think I'm leaving the industry in good hands, right? I love it. I, I, I love it, and I also love like the little bit of hesitation there. Like I think, I think we're gonna be okay. okay. Well, you know, one doesn't want to feel replaceable, but you are you are not replaceable, no. Trish. Never, never. No, no, no. Um, you have no. left your mark in this industry for sure. Um, so, okay. So, if we're thinking about this, like the industry as a whole, and the future, and the hope for it and like our hopes and dreams like what are the things like if you had to pick out like if there's like one or two things that give you the most hope for the future and then one or two things that are like the things that keep you up at night of like oh my god will it ever change this is going to be the death of our industry if i could wave a magic wand these are the things i would fix (laughs) all right so i'll do the bad stuff first right because we we want to end on a high here so perfect i love it yes on the on the the tough stuff um i i think the industry is really going to have to address pay right we're going to have to look at flat rate we're going to have to look at salary we're going to have to figure out a way to um, pay and, and take care of the people who are doing this work. Right. Um, and that's a big wholesale change, right? That, that means that that shop owners and dealers are going to have to look at their business model in a whole new way. And that's very challenging. Um, so I think that's, that is a huge issue that the industry is going to have to address relatively quickly because young people today, I mean, you know, I was telling you I'd switch jobs because I needed a little more money. Yeah. Well, that's what young people today, and they're going to switch a lot faster than 35 years. You know, they're totally, gonna, yeah, <laughs> they're they have move. no hesitation. Yeah, that's right. And so if our industry can't figure out a way to support a living wage and, and a way to achieve that living wage that doesn't, you know, end up with a broken back and, and arthritic fingers, um, yeah. you, you know, we're, we're going to be challenged. So I think that's a big, a big, uh, must do for, for the industry, um, other than that, I think we still have to work on that. Um, what is the perception of, of this industry and, and making sure that people still begin to understand better that this is, this is you know, at the level of an electrician and greater. It's, you know, if you, you're going to pay your plumber to come, you're going to pay to have your car repaired. And, right. and we need to make sure that people understand that that's not unreasonable. Um, today. So those two things I go hand in hand. Oh, yeah. Before we go on to the good stuff, yep. like I have to, <laughs> yep. like, cause you just kind of like, those are the two things. And that is, that's the challenge because yeah. on the one hand we're saying the perception needs to change. And on the other hand, the reality is, is that the perception is somewhat accurate, yes. right? We still are not Right. A, a, a high enough paid career with an, right. an as the respect that they deserve like automotive technicians deserve to be paid well they deserve to be respected they deserve to be esteemed like you can't go anywhere in this world without a mechanic to fix right. the things that get you where you want to go right, That's right. Get, right. get the food to the to the grocery store and like right. all of the things right so yeah we need mechanics to make the world go round and yet they're not valued or esteemed. And so how do we fix that inherent problem of like people are seeing the industry as a low paid dead end career that leaves you with arthritic fingers. And because we haven't fixed the money issue yet, we are still currently in a lot of cases, not always, you can make good money in this industry, but often Mm -hmm. it is a, low paid career that leaves you with arthritic fingers. <laughs> so how do we, right. uh, how do we fix that? And how do we get 
the, the industry on board with like money needs to be fixed. Like that's you, you hit the nail on the head. That's the inherent problem. Yeah. And, and, and that's really challenging because, you know, we have a kind of a two tiered system where, you know, where we have new car dealers who are, um, you know, selling cars and, and yet it's the back end that's keeping them afloat. And then, you know, we have independent repair shops and many of them are former technicians, right. Who, yeah. who said, all right, enough already. I'm going to get into the front office and, and stop fixing cars and try and run a business. And, and so um, I think, you know, t putting technicians to the side for a minute, we, we've got some um, fundamental change that needs to happen from a ownership and a, and a management perspective at, at the shop or repair level. Um, I'm not sure who's going to be able to manage that or, or change mm -hmm. that. that. That's certainly not ASC's role in the sense that, you know, we're trying to you know, improve the reputation and the, and the, and the uh, perception of the technician. But if the shops don't change, then we really can't change the perception of the technician. So right. that that's that chicken and egg that I think our industry is facing. <coughs> Excuse me. I think the other challenge that we're facing is cars don't break like they used to. Right. Mm. They, they, you know, you don't, I mean, I, I live in Northern Virginia. I don't see cars on the side of the road you know, they're just not there. Now that doesn't mean that they don't need maintenance and, and they don't need, sure. you know, they have intermittent diagnostic problems, but cars are just made better. So, yeah. you know, that is again, forcing our ownership group to deal with that ownership practice differently. And yeah. I think everybody's struggling with that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I yeah. think cars yeah. still break, but to your point, they, when yeah. they break, they break less often, but when they break, they break big. They break big, right. And they mm -hmm. break complicated. Yes. And so it, it, that is in and of itself what has created the need for this higher level of technician, yes. this, mm -hmm. this trained, electrically savvy, like all of that. Um, right. And maybe it's just time. Like maybe it's just time for like, like it takes time for public perception to change. It takes time for, like you said, more people who are trained to be in leadership positions, for more women to be in leadership positions, for that to slowly mm -hmm. matriculate. But it's a... Uh, well, and, and I think, you know, we're also talking about a huge industry, right? You know, yeah. We're talking about millions and millions and millions of cars uh, yeah. on the road. And then, you know, millions and millions of parts and millions and millions of companies that make those parts. So, you know, it, it's not an industry that turns quickly uh, in, in reaction to, to these things yeah. on the plus side, however, right. Yeah. I think, I think we have, um, an, an, a technical education community that's really grasping that need for change. Not ever, not all of them, mind you. Um, but they understand if they want to get young people into their classroom, they have to be better, right. They have to be better at recruiting. They have to be better at instructing. They have to be better at providing a career pathway uh, <laughs> for those individuals to, um, you know, to move into that industry. And um, education is finally waking up to the need to partner with industry. Industry's still kind of on the fence about partnering with education sometimes. That I don't yeah. think they realize that, that, <laughs> it, that they need to walk together, not, you know, in separate rooms. Um, but we're working <laughs> on that too, right? So I think yeah. that's, that's a real plus. I think if we can help education and industry continue that partnership path, that's really going to help um, the industry uh, be stronger and and be um, you know bring the right people 
into yeah. the into the career pathway. So I feel Working good about that. together. What yeah. a concept. That's the what answer. Work right. together. Right. Who, who, who knew? Right. Who knew? Yeah. Yeah. And and again, I think young people, computers and, and graphics and, and all of that kind of technology, that's sexy to, to young folks. And, and our cars today are filled with it. So if we yeah. can help them understand that how that lives within that car that takes you to school every day or you know the bus that picks you up at the end of the after the football game uh, then we got some folks that uh, I think will join the industry yeah absolutely I love it yeah, yeah. you I read an article an interview with you um and one of the quotes uh was um women women don't need to adapt to these male dominated fields these male dominated fields need to adapt to us yeah. Talk, to, talk to me about that. Well, okay. So <laughs> I was very fortunate in my career. I happened to get married while I was at ASC and have two kids. And, and ASC recognized that I, I needed maternity leave, right? I, I needed to be able to take time to recover from having a child and, and make sure that that child was getting ready to, you know, begin their life um, safely and, and moving on. And, and I think, um, the industry needs to recognize that women will contribute 150% if you support them at 50%, right? If you even meet them halfway, right, with with quality insurance, with, um, you know, appropriate time off, with a, a, a safe workplace, work work harder than anybody you ever met, right? And, and yeah. helping um, the workplace understand that that's what, you know, we, we need to continue doing and, and we're yeah. doing it right. Every, every day we go to work, we're modeling that and, and mm -hmm. we're showing that to uh, the powers that be or, or to our peers. And, and as long as we continue to do that, that's good for us. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you, that you say it in that way and you're so right. I, I hear often, and you've probably heard this too, like every once in a while I'll hear from a, a shop instructor or a shop owner that, you know, they, they had this one female tech once and and she was amazing. And and I, I think women actually make better technicians, which I don't necessarily think is the case, but I think it is exactly what you said. Like in these male dominated fields where the bar is so low for the treatment of women that if you even just treat them a little bit decently. <laughs> hey, hey, we're not they, asking for much. <laughs> right? Like it is such a breath right. of fresh air to be like, yes. oh, wow, you're not treating me like crap. Right. I will go to the end of the earth for you. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You know, we, you know, I think as, as women, we want to make it work, right? We want, we want yeah. to work. We want to be the best we can be in our job. We want to have a, a cordial relationship with our, our colleagues and, and, and yeah, you know, we're ambitious, you know, we want to run the company one day and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I love yeah. that. I think that was, I just, I read that and I like, I really paused with it because I think we hear that so often is that like, and I, I hear it from men, like, okay, you want to be part of this industry, then you just have to deal with what it is. And I'm like, or, or we could make it a better place together for That's everybody. Right. Like That's not right. just, it's not about making it better just for women. It's about making it better for everybody. And, and yep. wow, do we, can we all benefit when we each bring our strengths? And so I just, I loved, I loved how simply you put that. Like we do not need to adapt to this industry. This is not about women acting like men to fit in. Nope. Mm -mm. This is let's create a space where everybody is welcome and where we can all 
bring our unique skills to the table for the benefit of everybody. And I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah. I mean, just, just, you know, I mean, we all know that women rule the world. We, we just need to help the automotive <laughs> industry understand that, right? <laughs> automotive industry has been a little bit behind the times. I, I mean, what is that? <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like the trades in general has been just a little slow mm-hmm. to come around. I mean, we've seen a huge push for, for women in STEM, right? Yes. Yeah. Automotive generally isn't considered part of STEM, even though Which it should drives be. me crazy because automotive crazy. is the original STEM. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, <you know. laughs> I agree. I yeah. agree. But it's not a sexy career in a lot of, right? right? That's that stereotype That's right. that we're talking about, right? Yep. But, mm-hmm. And we are seeing more and more women on the corporate side of automotive. I heard a stat at one point that women make up like 25% of the automotive aftermarket. Oh, but it's like on the corporate side. Yes. Right. It's on, you know, it's in the office, it's front of house. Um, Mm -hmm. And like you said, women and technicians, it's, it's, the numbers are are varied. Um, You said it's 2% of your certified techs are are female. Yes. And I've seen that seven, eight percent number for like anybody who's hands on, but like technicians seems to be hovering around that one, one point eight to two point four, like in that range. Yes. Um, and it's just been hovering there for a while. Um, we just haven't seen the same movement right. as we as other industries have seen. And it's um and I'm not sure why. I mean, you know, we certainly have the technical ability. We have, you know, the fingers. We, you know, we're not lifting heavy weight anymore. So yeah. I, I just, I'm not sure why more women aren't interested other than it just might not be something we're interested in, right? I mean, I don't, you know, for a, for a very long time, all nurses were women, right? right. And, and now, you know, you see a, a much more influx of, of men into the nursing field. And, and, and I don't know what the timeline of how long that took for that to happen. And maybe that's something we could look at to see. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Yeah. Yeah. Not have any relevance to our industry and and what did they do? And could we adapt some of those uh, techniques to our side? Hmm. That's it. That's an interesting thought. Yeah, I would, I would be curious how long that took because I think there is a certain amount of like, you have to see it to, to see, to see that shift to start happening. Like you have to see, women in male dominated fields and men in women dominated fields to be yeah. able to, to know you have to that see yourself there. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And again, I think part of the challenge too, is, and we talked about it earlier is um, if you're a car owner, you might not necessarily see that technician. Right. Right. So you don't know that, Oh, she's a female. Oh, that's cool. Right. Maybe my daughter could be, be that. So, yeah. You know, so there's, there's some limitations in, in that challenge because of the way the work is done. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Oh my goodness. Um, I just looked at the time. Yes, I know. We're running we, out here. I know. We are almost done with our hour. So I want to be respectful of your time. I know it's yeah. the holidays. It's like yes. almost yeah. almost Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving here. Right. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you've got family and all the rest. So I want to yeah. be respectful yeah. of that and respectful mm-hmm. of everybody else's time. Um, mm-hmm. I have one final question that I always like to end on. Um, right. Oh, but before I go there, I have to say, I just saw a comment saying that engineers rule the world. Uh-uh. Uh, no. Nope. No. 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 I mean, nothing against engineers. Right. But. Nice people, but that. Lovely people, but right. sorry. Oh. Okay. So in right. all serious though, yeah. um, mm-hmm. final question. 
if you have the opportunity to go back in time and talk to little baby Trish, mm-hmm. the younger you, what are your words of wisdom to her? What are your words of advice? Wow. <laughs> I think I would remind her to be open-minded and open to all the opportunities that are presented to her and not feel like, oh, I, I can only be an English major because that's the only thing I, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I like to read doesn't mean that there aren't other opportunities uh, for me. Um, I think I would say it's okay. Whatever you choose, it's okay, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're going to be good at at whatever you do, or 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 you will work to be good at at whatever you do, um, because that's important for you personally. So, um, I think that's what I would say. Um, I, I have been blessed. I've done wonderful things. I've traveled the world. I've met great people, and and I couldn't imagine a better career and and a better way to make a living. So I'm, I'm I love it. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. You've lived an incredible life. You've yeah. left an incredible mark on the industry, uh, this industry that you stumbled into <laughs> right. and and then not only never left, but you <laughs> you made you made your mark, you you made change. Um you oh. became such an important part of and I'm so so grateful for that yeah. kismet that yes. that you into the industry because we definitely wouldn't be what we are as an industry without you. So well, it um, works both ways. I'm, I'm a better person for having been in this industry and, and that's, that's worthwhile for me. So, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And I'm so excited for your next chapter. Yes, Miss, right. Miss so, retiring almost out right. the door. That's right. I will keep you all posted on my, my next adventure and where it leads me because now I, I know it. I can do anything, right? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yep. I love it. Yep. Trish, thank you yep. so, so very much oh. for agreeing to join me and, and hang out for this hour and share your story with everybody. This was really cool. This was- oh, my pleasure. And and um, I hope everybody can take something away with it and, and take it to their child and, and you know, open another door. Yeah. yeah. Amen yeah. to that. Amen Good. to that. I love it. All right. Well, thank you so very much. Have a fantastic yeah. rest of your evening. And folks thank at home, thank you guys all for tuning in and hanging out with us for this last hour. I hope you enjoyed meeting Trish and getting to hear her story as much as I did. Um, make sure you come back next week to meet another incredible tradeswoman. And of course, every Monday for an archive episode. You can listen anytime you want, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, If you know an incredible tradeswoman that I should talk to and that should be on this show, send me a message. If you like this series and you enjoy this, make sure you hit like, hit subscribe, share it with your friends, spread the word. Uh, This is all about shining a light on the amazing women of this industry and of the trades in general. So the more people who hear their stories, the more change we make and the quicker we start seeing uh, the change that that we've all been working so hard for. So thank you guys for tuning in. ASE, thank you for your support and making this episode uh, and this series possible and all of your support behind the scenes, uh, supporting women in the trades and helping make the trades a better place for everybody. Uh, And Trish, thank you for your contribution. And and we wish you all the best in your future chapters. Thank Thank you you so much. Yep. And, good. And good until everyone. next time. Yes. Until next time, guys, be good to yourselves. Be good to one another. Good night.